Hello, everyone. This is episode 26 of the RSS podcast. Our next guest is a really good friend of mine. We've played rugby together. We have lived together during university and we have got some of the worst haircuts known to mankind together. (laughs) Our guest is currently doing a master's in physiotherapy at the University of Birmingham, as well as continuing his stellar rugby career there. If he has not shown you his one highlight clip of a missed pass during a varsity game, then you are not from this world. His name is Cameron Bond. Hello, how are we? We need need to get that clip up. I haven't seen it. Oh, don't worry. It'll be posted all over our socials. Repost on his socials. Oh, mate. <laughs> mate, it's pinned at the top of my Instagram so you can see it straight away. <laughs> Unreal. I haven't seen this guy in ages and it's um, he's, he's, he's matured now. Indeed. Still laugh about the same things. He's a, he's a big golfer. I forgot to say that in the introduction. Big golfer. Are you golf? I didn't yeah. say big. I said I said keen. I said keen. I've been playing for a year, but I am absolutely awful. Keen. He's that's featured all that on matters. a famous golfer's YouTube video. That, that's in there as well. <laughs> Jeez. It's incredible. Um, yeah. So if just tell everyone a little bit more about you. Anything that I missed out? What you up to? Um, yeah. Just tell tell the people a little bit about you. So I go right from the beginning. Yeah, how we met. So um, I went to the University of Worcester, uh, did sports therapy. Um, chose to do sports therapy because I went through a bit of hardship being at sixth form. Um, went to play rugby at a pretty well-known school called Beeching Cliff, and uh, had an ACL injury pretty early on. And at that point, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, no idea for like aspirations in life, what job I wanted to go into. Um, so we're sort of working through with um, Bath Rugby Academy staff that we had there, um, got me into into the idea of sports therapy and physio as a whole. And the lady I actually was, that was my physio at the time, um, or the school's physio, uh, she still works at Bath Rugby Academy. And since then I've been working alongside her, which is pretty cool. Um, what is it, like six, seven years down the line now. Um, so that's been pretty nice. So going from sports therapy at the university was that's where i met matt playing rugby as he said um water bottles quite a long time lived together for playing left bench keeping the bench warm yeah sitting on the bench yeah he was yeah he (laughs) we both were we both were yeah no matt played first team before i did i'm pretty sure so (laughs) not for long though Um, i just played on the wing (laughs) yeah and then you had to move in but it's all right we had fun we had good times Good laughs. Uh, we had actually a pretty good team, the first and second year, and even third year as well, um, even though we only played one game. Um, and then going from uh, uni sports therapy to graduating, um, working sort of a year off, I've done working as a sports massage therapist for a couple of clinics in where I'm from in Bath, and then working, as I said before, in Bath Rugby Academy as like a sessional therapist in the development player pathway um, program essentially and since then um so did a year doing that and now i'm at the university of birmingham doing a master's in physiotherapy is that a so is that a one-year course just quickly at the start the the, the <laughs> masters would interrupt each other in this i've seen it so many times <laughs> honestly it's impossible not to <laughs> and then we just go so awkward like no <laughs> Bondi, <laughs> Bondi dropped me a message before this. He's gonna. He just put. I can't wait to listen to you guys just interrupt each other. He called it from the beginning. The first question yeah. we try and ask him, and we both do it. We knew yeah, it was yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah what's gonna happen? 
Yeah. Going, David. It's a one year. Co- it's a one year course uh, as well. The the masters in physiotherapy. Oh no! So it's two years. So it's okay. essentially it's for people that that come from like a different background into it. So it's basically an accelerated version of the bachelor's, the undergrad. So oh, okay. people on my course are mainly sports scientists. So someone like people from Matt's course would come on and do physiotherapy if that's what they wanted to do. Sure. And we know people that from his year group at Worcester that have actually done that as well. Mm. Um, so it's mainly sports, sport exercise science students, sports therapy students. And then you get a few like niche ones, like there's someone on my course that's doing, that did history before. There's people that have done like nutrition, speech and language therapy, occupational oh, wow. therapy and yeah so i mean those i can understand but history <laughs> rogue yeah history is a bit of a bit of a mad one well, it's like yeah. when we spoke to hayden for the first time he went from mechanical engineering that's... didn't he yeah that's oh, really yeah, yeah so i mean it's not always too late to change and then i at the start of that you said you really didn't you had no aspirations um <laughs> now that you're on you let's know just you go want. back Sorry, to that point I... in your life where you had no goals <laughs> let's just recap that really quick <laughs> a really dark deep yeah, horrible yeah. time in my life so when you couldn't you know you weren't able to stop crying really and had no aspirations um now that you now that you're, you sort of know what you want to do in life and you've sort of got your path ahead of you um have your aspirations extended further are you sort of what what is the next goal really so I've got a year and a half left of my course in Birmingham here, um, which I'm looking forward to sort of getting out on placements um, in the near future and actually being put in a, a new scenarios, considering all my experience before has been mainly sort of sport-based. It's all going to be hospital-based from now, so that's going to be interesting. Um, sports is always where I wanted to go. It's always what, it's always a career that I wanted. So um, my ideal, like, dream job would be working in professional rugby at the highest level um whether that be sort of starting in a junior academy setup and then working my way up to a sort of a senior physio in a, in a men's team let's see um let's see if there are any rugby teams to in a couple of years to to work for eh? yeah, yeah, Matt, our aspiration is to work in the same team <laughs> uh, there might not be any rugby teams by the time we get the uh, experience and uh, true. qualifications <laughs> eh um geez yeah so but and then how does physiotherapy work so you said you had to you're going to have to go through sort of working at the hospital do you have to do that before working in sport so sorry i may have got that completely wrong i i could have um tried to push further up into like the rugby system with sports therapy but they ideally want a physiotherapist it's much more high regarded um as a degree um, and as a title, it's a protected title. So I thought that if I wanted to get to the, like the top, the peak, um, I needed physiotherapy under my belt. So it was that was the decision I made within the year I had working off after graduating. That was my main sort of time to think, okay, what, what do I want to do here? Where do I want to go next? Um, work, get some good experience while I was at home, um, make a bit of money and then push on from there. I guess, uh, yeah, that, that's that's actually the question I was just going to ask. Um, what did you do in that time when you when you didn't know what you want to do? Because I guess I think a lot of people are in that space at some point in their life, especially after graduating. Um, and we, yeah, did you use that? Looking back at that year, are you happy with how you used it? Or do you look back and be like, actually, I wish I had done this and this, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do. I you know, wish I had done a bit more with that time. Are you pretty happy? Yeah, I think did? I I think I did use I think I did use uh over last year pretty well. 
Um, I got my first job in working as a sports massage therapist um, in, I want to say, September. Or maybe, no, it's August, actually. So not long after graduating, mm-hmm. um, August, and then worked that through till Christmas time. And then I got an, a new job in a sort of a bigger, bigger physio clinic doing the same sort of stuff. Um, but I was man- able to uh, work under and um and shadow the head physio there so that was ideal for my learning and to actually get my own clients and get a bit of a, a clientele and yeah uh, working for a bit of money um i did take a lot of opportunities um luckily i know some people within the bath rugby setup from sort of my my school um and i was able to get a role doing so basically i went back to beach and cliff which is where i went to school um worked voluntarily with the uh, junior academy physio for, they have a thing called the ACE program. So it's, these schools are linked to the rugby academies essentially, and they play in a league that's just just academy rugby basically. Um, so I got to work under a guy called George, who's now the senior academy physio at Bath. Um, unbelievable guy, so much knowledge. Uh, I learned so much from working through him. And then off the back of that, doing that from sort of September to Christmas time, um, got loads of different sort of sessional pathway opportunities working in the DPP, more like younger age groups. So sort of under 14s up to under 18s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I had a lot of opportunities pre- presented to me. Um, and then I didn't say no to many, like I wanted to get in the deep end and do as much as I could and get as much under my belt as possible. Yeah. Well, that's such a good way to go about it. I think a lot of people can look at that year of not knowing what they want to do and be like, Oh, and then just kind of not do anything like matt said it before like just take as much out of the opportunity that you have in front of you no matter what that is because i'm sure i'm sure that year now is like you have you've the minimum thing you have the more experience now from that year and you probably because you were able to work in like in within sport now you have all those contacts as well which is yeah sweet I mean, it's also just literally you, 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 all you're doing is get, you know, you know what you want to do, right? If you're on this course, you know, okay, I want to be a physiotherapist or I want to be an SNC coach. Why don't you actually go down and do the job that you're going to do? You're going to do it voluntary, yeah. but you know, you, you know that. So just go down there. What you get exposed to is unreal. You're seeing all the theory that you're learning at the, lo- at, at the lectures put into practice and you're learning even more on top of that. You get, all it does is hone your skills and realize, make you realize that, you know, you've got to think on your feet a bit more. Um, that's what I've experienced. So it's, it's great. Just throw yourself in the deep end, really. Yeah, I agree. I think people, too many people when they're in like a transition year between sort of graduating and then if they want to go into further education or if they want to get a, a proper job, they do sort of a, a half a year to a year of working a job that's completely unrelated to what they've just done in university, trying to make a bit of money, maybe go traveling if they mm. haven't done that beforehand. Um, but I think I think people, more people need to just get themselves out there, just get straight back in. Because um, I think having a break from university or a break from going into a proper job will just set you like make you lazy and not mm. make you want to sort of push further so i think just jumping straight back onto it and trying to elevate yourself in your career is the best way to go straight away yeah mm. and then i guess like along your journey speaking about that you've you've taken many different steps and you've just re- told us like you've reflected and realized that what you've done actually you know benefited you in the long run but were there any challenges that you've come across during at any points of those sort of pathway that you're along i think the main challenge was 
for most people was the pandemic um going through what was our third year in university which is like the main the biggest year for myself and Matt at the same time um luckily my course is very practical so we under healthcare we went we managed to carry on practically just in full PPE having to don the uh masks gloves apron visor for every session but he'd come home and we do... thought he was a serial killer wearing all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we didn't if we didn't do that throughout we were i don't think i'd be as well equipped as i am today with my skills so i think that's it's worked very well uh despite the hardship yeah i, I mean it's just yeah i remember the pandemic it was like on our course we had to do online lectures and I just remember Noisy and I sat in our own little university room, sat next to each other, listening to each other's computer going at the same time when, you know, it was just shame. It was a shame because that was a year when we would do our placements as well. So instead of say we, we had opportunities to work with Worcester Warriors, for example, um, but that fell through because, you know, COVID hit and they weren't really bringing anyone else in. They had only one spot or they didn't have any spots at all. Um, now the club's underground, which is a shame, but you know, we move on. It is. Um, yeah but yeah like it just i think it screwed up a lot of people's plans um but yeah that was that was a major challenge um and then do you right now can you foresee any challenges that you may face that you are able to tackle whilst at university so say try give an example um like say now that now that there's say Worcester have fell through, Wasps have fallen yeah. through, and there's talks of Cardiff rugby falling through. Those people have already got experience in Premiership clubs, but they they won't have jobs anymore. So then they'll go maybe to the lower sections, you know, maybe look at academy jobs where you could have the possibility of going through. But now it's going to be even more difficult because so many higher qualified people are looking for those less qualified jobs, which puts sort of me, you, um, the people who've just started out as graduates, putting us out of not out of work, but uh, out of an opportunity to learn further and out yeah. of work I, th- I think the whole thing with these rugby clubs collapsing it, it's not just sort of our end of it it's so many people um i watched i think it was jack willis said about when when wasps folded there was like over 100 people that behind the scenes that lost their jobs essentially mm. made redundant um so it's from like from the ground up, really. People like myself and you, Matt. So S and C physios, all the players obviously had to vacate, but they're easily going to pick up jobs because they're professional athletes. Mm. All these coaches that may have to jump into different roles, go into lower levels, not do, not get a, a, a paycheck. Essentially, they might have to to forfeit that, and it's negative negatively affecting their families as well because they might be the, the provider for the whole family, and I think that just yeah. neg- negatively affects everyone really it's scary and you wouldn't think that would be a challenge in in elite sport you know you think once you get to elite sport you're fine you're going to be set for life the only way is up now because you're in that sort of pathway of going from academy senior academy then you're going to uh, under 18 or you're going to sort of um, professional elite and then you're going international maybe if you reach that stage you wouldn't think that oh crap i could lose my job because the whole sort of system's going to fall down upon me so yeah i guess that is one of the biggest challenges if you're trying to go into elite sport um but i I think i think that's where like cameron you've you've gained so many different experiences over the years i think that's huge because even I mean, even if, well, on one side, if like rugby doesn't work out, you have all those experiences not in rugby. That means you could probably branch out to different sports or different areas if you needed to. Um, 
And I think I was talking to a, a physiologist at Brit- British Athletics, and he was saying more and more nowadays they're looking for people with they're not looking just for like a pure physiologist. But if you can go into that role as a physio and have a physiology background, but also like no biomechanics and no different things and have like a, a good diversified portfolio of what you can offer, like you might not be the best physiologist, but you can offer them so much more in different areas that they might take you over someone else. So even in that sense of like, going for jobs having that like diversified experience i think is is so helpful which it sounds like you've gotten yeah and then even like in your physio in your physio degree maybe you know you'll have to do rotations or practicals in hospitals which isn't really your goal but who knows the things either that you learn or or some point in the future that's going to come back and you're going to be like oh wow i can do this job because i have that experience which i didn't even want to do necessarily yeah, I think that's the, the beauty with, especially in my course, you, so sports therapy coming into it, sports therapy is entirely musculoskeletal based. So that's only one aspect of physiotherapy. So coming into it, I was pretty confident on, on MSK. Um, but now we've sort of started cardiorespiratory module and a neurological module, um, doing learning new skills doing and doing that and picking up loads of new knowledge and then being able to apply that in a placement um atmosphere is so so beneficial even i know it's gonna be beneficial even though i haven't done it yet yeah um being actually able to work with real life people that have got these real life conditions that you need to help manage and get them back to back to health back to where they want to be in life i think it's so beneficial for to have all these different skills um in your arsenal so and then just for the for the listeners especially msk i know bondi through that uh abbreviation loosely uh, musculoskeletal that means uh you know just that's the word i can't say that. He, <laughs> uh, pneumothorax as well from episode one but he's, he's sick with it now um <laughs> and then the next every question, episode think, he, uh, every I'll, episode he finds a way to drop that in pneumothorax Got it. Bondi knows everything, doesn't he? Bondi yeah. has knows everything, so you're making fun of my nose now. Crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. A guest insulting the host. That's okay. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and we're both so, in the same boat. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then the next question, just going along with that, sort of talking about your gap here. Um, I just wondered because the a big thing about working in sport as a coach or a physiotherapist or a SNC coach is working within that interdisciplinary team. You learn about it in, 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 well, I learned about it a lot in my course. The interdisciplinary team is something everyone sort of has to know about because there's some role conflicts that me and you may disagree on. So say if someone's come in with an ACL, he's just going through his ACL rehab, I might be pushing him more than you think I should. Or we may yeah. have different sort of theories that we've learned or different sort of um subjects or topics that we've learned that actually clash um so like how was how was your experience working within that interdisciplinary team i think it's been beneficial so far so as a so i'll go back to sort of my, when i was working in clinics um as a sports massage therapist i was working mainly with physiotherapists so they know a lot more than me so i just listen to what they're saying um mainly through I was sort of shadowing, but also treating at the same time. So I was mm. sort of this, whoever was the client was getting basically uh, a double session there. Me and um, my manager was called Stuart um, doing like treatment at the same time. So that was lucky for them. 
um, but like learning on the job sort of thing. And they didn't mind that at all because they were getting basically double the treatment for the same price. So um, working with people that know a lot more knowledge, I think it's beneficial because you learn so much more. And then if you then translate that to sort of the rugby academy atmosphere, you've got countless amounts of coaches like the, the development player pathway or the DPP you've got all of these schools in this local area they all have an assigned coach that works for the academy that also works in the school and then when you come with these festival days to come together there's I'd say like 20 coaches at one session at one festival day um, spread across maybe six to ten teams like there's so much going on and then there's usually only two physios or a physio and a sports therapist or a couple of sports therapists um but yeah i think coaching not so much doesn't really translate to physiotherapy but knowing how to coach and knowing good cues for players i think is is quite uh ideal to know as well because you can also spur players on and tell them that they're doing good um keep them going and keep them positive through their, through their I playing can, career i can tell you've been shouting on um on the sideline and it sling it wide miss pass give it a miss <laughs> give it the bondy miss pass give it the bondy miss pass <laughs> screaming on the sidelines um but yeah well it's it's the it's the thing about coaching that's you know my role is you know deliver and um create programs obviously it's not just that but you know there's a select few roles and responsibilities that you always see highlighted on a job proposal and what i found is uh, you know working now in an, in a coaching environment i found that it just does not limit to just those roles and responsibilities as a physio when a player is injured you actually learn so much about their life you can find out what makes them tick what their dislikes are you you can find out how to actually you become sort of not a counselor but you become someone to talk to like a friend that you can help them in also mental areas and i was wondering if you've you know you've experienced that working within the bath academy or you witnessed say the the actual physio um have those relationships with the players or yeah yeah i think once you're i mean not necessarily especially for me considering sort of more sessionally i was working so i didn't necessarily see the same players continuously over and over again but definitely when you're working a bit higher up so the, the guy George I was working with who was the junior academy physio at the time he'd have a great rapport with all the players he didn't get to know them so well because he'd be working with them every almost every day for a, loads of weeks basically um, and sort of especially when players are injured and they're in rehab and sort of doing more like one-on-one sessions or like there's a injured group session you definitely get to know players a bit better and get to know, like you said, what make them what makes them tick and sort of how they're getting on in their social life and school and all that sort of stuff. And trying to keep them on the right track is definitely something that you can help with and uh, keep them persevering to get back to where they want to be and get back being fit and back on the pitch. Uh, go back to what, what you're talking about, like being around different people that know more than you. Um, I find it interesting that, you mentioned that because today I was, I had over the last couple of days just talking to my supervisors at uni and we're basically, we're trying to decide on different parts of like my first study. And I talked to one person, like one of my supervisors and he says one thing. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's like really, that's good points. Da, da, da. I agree with that. And then I, today I went and talked to the other supervisor and brought up the same points and he had a different view on it. Like one's a near mus- near muscular physiologist, and then the other is a, a biomechanist and, and have t- two totally different views. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually a really good point as well. But at some, but then it, like at some point you have to make up your mind of like, 
what am I going to do or which side do I maybe agree more for whatever reason or like taking all that information in and then coming up with my own opinion on it. And so how I'm just like curious of how it's, how has it been? Cause you're kind of in that same stage where you have all these people around you that know so much, right. But eventually you're going to graduate from as a physiotherapist and you're going to need to have like your own formed ideas or forming your own ideas from all those inputs. So just, just interesting of interesting that you said that and just wondering if you've noticed that as well and, and maybe how, how you've noticed your own like if, opinions or views either change or like become more concrete in one direction or, or whatever. Yeah. I think you've got to be open to and sort of have an open mind and take as much information as you can. Um, I'd still say take everything with a pinch of salt, uh, do your own sort of background research into it because you can't necessarily trust everything that everyone says. Um, something might work for some, some sort of like we'll just go some sort of technique might work for someone and might not work for someone else. It might be down to preference. It might be down to, oh, this is the way I was taught, but it can be taught differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, just sort of solidifying what works best for you and what you think is going to provide the best outcome. I think that's, that's the main the main aspect of what you're trying to trying to say there. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because like we go from being students to then being like professionals or like students, now young professionals and then professionals. And like at some point, at least in my context, as a, like a PhD student, at some point, I need to be the expert, like in my PhD, because it's like, otherwise, I'm not going to pass, right. So at some point, I need to go from like taking, not that I stop taking in knowledge, but at some point, I need to like, turn all those inputs to into like my own output. So it, it's just like this interesting transition between like being a student, it's quite and learning. It's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, because I like I always look at jobs and I'm like, I do have the qualifications for this, but do I have the experience? Like, say if I did get it, I I wouldn't want it because I know I just wouldn't I don't have enough knowledge or I don't have the capacity or confidence within myself to actually just go in there and do the job that I would need to. So it's quite scary to sort of understand the position you're in. Um and if you're comfortable with actually making that change, though, uh, you just got to be yeah. really, really um, honest with yourself and where you are in life currently. Oh, it's got deep. Where are you in life? Um, <laughs> you got to be really honest with yourself, though. I think that's why I sort of play, uh, university courses that do sort of work-based placements, whatever aspect of, of education you're in or what course you're doing, I think that's why they work best because they do give you that real-life experience. And you can't take away from that at all because something you get taught and you work on with your mates. So from sort of my background, you work in a clinic room with one or two of your friends, essentially, and you're doing techniques on them or learning stuff with them does not translate to a real life person because you don't see the same things. You don't. Everyone's different. All these different body types, different sizes of people. Yeah. It does not correlate. Yeah. You're you're palpating athletes. You're like, oh, yeah, fibular head right there. ASIS. Boom. Well, right I mean, there. you start with you start with someone, and we'll give these people fake names. But you start with someone, James Noyce, and then you go to someone like Patrick <laughs> Smallman, and um, those are two very different people um, that Bondi will know. One of them's do they do they do they watch this on the 
I probably Paddy probably won't, but Noisy might. I will tag Noisy, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, nah, it's just yeah, yeah. You got it. You got to have experience in your field because it just broadens your horizon. Like it broadens your sort of expertise and lets you know what's what in our respective sure. fields. Um, but I but I guess sneeze. that's why we go to school anyways, <laughs> and eventually we might make that transition to fit like oh like oh now i know this and you didn't even realize that i think of i always think of like when i was about when i was doing my undergrad and i was like in labs and stuff and the phd students were leading it i was like those guys are so smart like i i genuinely thought i could ask them any question under the sun and they would know and now i'm like teaching undergrads and i'm thinking please don't ask me questions <laughs> it's like that's unreal I, bro <laughs> you know, because once you get you get all these years of experience, what do they say? It takes ten thousand hours to become an expert or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- that comes from experience. The more years you've got behind your belt, the more you're going to know, and the more you're going to be able to like reel off answers like this. Especially if you're getting asked questions like that. Yeah, that's. I think but that's the best cool. when people it ask you cool. questions. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let me go again. <laughs> <laughs> No, as in like Matt I was just, I was just saying that is a lot, bro. <laughs> that is true. Um, or you can come work with me. We'll go. We'll go seven uh, yeah. together. But um, <laughs> the 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 most important, I think, like Bonnie said it there, like people asking you a lot of questions makes you actually makes you want to know your not want to know your stuff. Makes sure that you actually know your stuff. Makes you understand that you have to justify why you're doing stuff or why you're prescribing stuff. Um, so it is really important. At the end of the day, it, it may be the worst experience when people ask you a lot of questions, but it helps you massively because it keeps it you does, honest yeah. with what you know and what you're actually missing mm. out. And you know, it's a, a, mm. instant feedback at the end of the uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I just, I just make sure that if I if someone asks me something and I don't know what's what the answer is, I will 100% be certain that like I wouldn't be able to forget about it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Until oh. I know what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it is cool, though. Um, I think often as well, we forget that you don't really realize what you learn until you use it. And like for me, I don't feel like I know that much. But that's just because I'm used to my knowledge that I have. But then but then when like an under and I think like I think everybody knows what I know. And but then an undergrad, like I was teaching and we were doing like force velocity profiling. And I, I was just like, in my head, I was like, I'm not going to draw a, a, a force velocity graph. Like, everyone knows what that is, right? But then I, I drew one and they're like, oh, I, oh, yeah, like, what's that? I was like, oh, <laughs> you know? And it, it's it's cool, like, <laughs> looking back and be like, oh, wow. Like, I have something valuable, actually, to tell these people. Um I think, and then realizing that you have actually learned things and then being able to use it. I don't know. It's just kind of neat. <laughs> no. True. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. You always got to take yourself out of your perspective and realize what other people are seeing around you. Um, and that's what Bondi did when he threw his miss pass. So on a little transition, <laughs> right? How did you find it actually playing whilst working and learning? You know, like I, I always, on a serious note, it was a hell of a transition, may I say, but on a serious note, oh, um, I, I think that people who, people like coaches are so much better when they've played, not necessarily the sport they're coaching in, but a, when they played a sport when they were young. 
Um, I'd love to see the actual data and see how many people have played sports that actually turned out to be coaches. But I feel like no, you're it's able to be close to 90% yeah. if not more. Um, but it's, it's just interesting. Like, Has playing rugby actually helped you understand injuries more? Because as you said, like you, you, you tore your ACL. Um, I'm sure you were ex- exposed to so much of the lingo of physiotherapy, going through the rehab, being exposed to what they prescribed you that you actually okay, this is what I would do as well because this is what I went through. So, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think playing playing rugby as well as sort of working in the career that I'm in, you do tend to see a lot of the similar injuries popping up and you do get to learn more about it and how to treat it and all the different things like that. Um, I think as a player as well, not necessarily someone like me, you, you do learn a lot about the injury if you're going through a rehabilitation especially like a big one like an ACL or anything other sort of large large injuries um, that take a lengthy time out you do learn so much more and I think that's what intrigued me about it to start with um, that I was going through a brand new experience I was I was injured for 13 months I didn't play I gained loads of weight just became a little fat boy um, wasn't an enjoyable time doing sort of AS levels at the same time. I was really, felt really isolated in school and I wasn't in my, in my best frame of mind. Um, but sort of persevering and working back to where I wanted to be. I can see Matt's not trying not to laugh. But <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> um, working back to, to, back to sport. I think sport, sport's got such a beneficial, um, aspect for mental health. And it's true of like first hand. I know that's true. And people say it, and if you haven't experienced it, it is incredibly true. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's a very agreeable thing. Um, what you just said, wow, that was a hell of a sentence. Did anyone hear that? Was it just me? That's a very agreeable thing. What you just said was sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, mental. I mean, I, I it, through my most stressful times. I mean, doing IB. I remember I, my dad, you know, pressed me to actually carry on with my sport, even though it would take away time from studying. It, he pressed me to do sport, and that actually helped me deal with the stress so much better. It, it helped me sort of control my emotions a lot more. And yeah, I, you know, going something as simple as going to the gym. I mean, we'll probably do a podcast on this in the future. How important is exercise on someone's mental health? And the clear answer is very important. Um, but yeah, and just sort of sticking onto the topic of playing whilst learning and, you know, working, do you think it isn't, and, and this can be for you and David, um, just an opinionated question. Do you think it is important to understand the sport you're working in? So say, David, you're working within British athletics. Do you think it's in, it not not to, uh, not important in sort of a needs analysis wise, because you obviously need to know that, but just sort of the lingo. So say Bondi, you're, you start working in swimming or football, you know, just say you start working there. Do you need to know sort of what the best times are? You sort of need to know, um, you know, how, what a tech, what technique you're looking for, or, you know, just like little lingo, like football, you know, a bit of the lingo, do you know, like getting involved with the banter? Wow. This is a stretch. Hey, but I hope you guys understand my question. Um, <laughs> yeah, you I understand you. Sick. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important, especially mm-hmm. if you're going into more of a sort of a foreign sport that you haven't really had any experience in. Cause if you don't know anything about it, how do you know what you're working to get towards and how, what goals you're trying to achieve? I think it's very easy for me to say, oh, I want this player to be back on the pitch in three months' time uh, with their strength and the, let's say their right quad strength is, is equal or more than the, the good leg, the left leg. 
Um, and if you go into say something like swimming, I wouldn't have a first clue of of time, what's good in swimming. I'd have a, a very limited knowledge on sort of technique and stuff like that. But if you put me in a swimming pool, I am dying. Like I, I, can, I can swim, but <laughs> like if I'm at sea and I get in a rip on Bondi Beach or something like that, I'm gone. Bondi looks like a shark when he's swimming around because his nose is like this. Isn't it? Oh, <laughs> you're one to talk, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh I've got to stop insulting guests. I'm making this like a little uh, streak right now. Um, but every time you lie down in bed, Snowden isn't the biggest, the tallest mountain in the UK anymore. <laughs> I think it. I think it's so important too, even if it's just like for relating to the people that you're working with. Like if I'm working, that's what I'm trying right now is like just to get a grasp of the different events and the, and the like benchmark times that are good at those events. Cause if I'm like testing an athlete in like a physiologist role and they come in there and I'm asking them like how their week was and they say, Oh, I ran this time last weekend. I need, to, and I, and I'm like, well, oh yeah, amazing. And it, like they came last and it was terrible, you know, like, it's like first of all just awkward yeah. and like i can't build a relationship with that person because i don't know how to relate to them it's so. even as simple as watching the sport do you know what i mean so say like football oh you walk in and someone's got an acl that they're doing the rehab and you're like oh did you watch the chelsea liverpool game that was tough wasn't it it starts a conversation you're sort of building an, a, a relationship with the player you 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 sort of showing them that you do understand the sport that they're in um, and that you're up yeah. to date with everything. So yeah, they feel more comfortable with you and it's an easy icebreaker, isn't it? At the end of the day. Uh, but don't talk too yeah, much. 100%. Don't go into the depths and next thing you know, you're just chatting absolute waffle to them. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think if they're, if they're comfortable, if you can have good conversations and they're comfortable, I think they trust more of what you're going to tell them to do. I think that really puts their mind at ease. Otherwise, they're going to be like, who's this guy telling me what to do? Does he really know what he's talking about? Uh, is he going to put me at risk? I think. And they won't give you the time of relationship. day. Not, not, at all, not at all. You have to build this relationship with all these players that you're working with, whatever the sport may be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I guess a good, good last question to end this off would be, what would you say to someone who's just started out on their sports therapy course? sports do as as much as much experience as possible say yes to every opportunity um apply yourself during your course um because i think sort of honing your skills in early on will benefit you much more in later life um as much as you pick up more more beneficial skills along the way i think the basics are very important to to get down and to know a lot all of, a lot of it all about a lot all about it sorry that's what i'm trying to say um and know your anatomy and physiology i think that's a big thing there as well go. that's amazing thank you so much and before we go got quick fire questions best part Fantastic. of the show best part of the show i was looking forward to this i saw the short the short earlier of the one from the other day so i'm, got, I'm gonna <laughs> which I'm gonna... one the with the keys one or the the beer the, the beers one yeah beers <laughs> what, what nose beers <laughs> Cowley. <laughs> This is all getting cut. <clears throat> I'm going to give yeah, you seven quick part. five I, questions. Oh, seven. I was thinking we need to start doing these at the beginning, the, at the beginning of the show, because they just break, you know, break into it nice and easy. couple laughs. 
because we always get we always get really good conversations out of the quick fire questions and then it's like okay bye all right bondy time for some quick fire questions you said you were looking forward to this let's see let's go where are you from nationality wise um i am i'd say british because i've got the mix of all four so oh so who do you think is going to win the six nations I'd say Ireland are going to win the Six who do you Nations. Want a six, who do you want to win in the Six Nations? England, but it's not possible. There you go. Biggest thing on your bucket list? What's the top thing on your bucket list? Um, work in rugby in Australia or New Zealand. Ooh, have you ever Surely won... not work somewhere. That's the top thing on your bucket list to work somewhere? <laughs> well, go to Australia and New Zealand in general, but work there would be sick. Working there in rugby there. Like super rugby is like... Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, bro. Um, have you ever worn socks with sandals? <laughs> uh, Do sliders count? No, no, that sandals. No. <clears throat> what quote resonates with you? Um, winners never quit, quitters never win. Ooh. Vince Lombardi. Jeez. Two good ones. And then last one, what is your deepest fear? <laughs> God, that's not really a quick fire question. Um, it's where you got to know that. It's where you got to know that uh, that quote from Coach Carter off by heart. What quote is that? Deepest fear are that we're powerful beyond all measure. One, you know, when oh, he goes yeah. off like that. Can't use that one now, though. Yeah, go on. What's yeah, your deepest fear? Deepest fear. Um, not working in New Zealand or Australia. <laughs> I suppose spiders or something. not being able to fulfill um, a job role by sort of not being able to help someone back to where they want to be. Oh, hit it back with a deep answer as well. I like it. And that, yeah, that's how we're ending that off quick fire questions. Let that sit that with everyone. Good. Hell of a way to finish. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much, Bondi. Cameron Bond made that mistake the whole time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cameron, for coming on. We love the conversation <laughs> with you um yeah hope to see you again soon thanks for having me yeah really appreciate it perfect david take us out oh it's my turn i never get to take us out this is exciting we are the real sports science podcast we're out that's always matt so what <laughs> how'd i do matt that was that was very good <laughs> <laughs>